Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am with you for the next hour. And love for you to call in at that number that was just given to you, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number that will get you to me. I am filling in for my good friend, Ed Taylor, and so delighted and blessed and privileged to be with you this afternoon on Calvary Live or evening, wherever you're at in the nation. So I want to welcome you. Do call in. We have all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is that number. I'll repeat that number throughout the hour. Uh, But I would encourage you just to put it in your contacts and the text line, which is 720-336-0897. And you can give me a call uh, or you can text me a question or a prayer request, and that's what this show is about. You, the listener, get to call in and uh, ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians to the things that we see going on around us, which is a lot. There's a lot of things going on. We are in November now. This is uh, live today. Uh, for those of you who listen uh, live uh, to Calvary Live on today's broadcast, it is the uh, second day of November, we've entered into uh, what is going to be the holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and we want to be an encouragement to you, and we want to be a blessing to you. And this is a month where we talk a lot about Thanksgiving. I want to read to you from Psalm 105 real quick, and then we're going to continue with the show. So grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. The psalmist writes, O give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. And let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face evermore. And we have such a privilege and opportunity to seek the Lord. Even as Hebrews chapter 10 says that we can come boldly into the Holy of Holies with confidence because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not our uh, own confidence. It's confidence in what Jesus has done as we have faith in him. When we can come into uh, his presence, we can come to the throne of God in time of need, uh, the throne of grace, as Hebrews 4 declares. So give me a call if you need prayer. 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897 for texting only. That's the 24-7 prayer line. They can text in a prayer request uh, 24-7, and there will be those at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, and they will be praying for you. I want to welcome all those listening live today on this Thursday afternoon on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado, up into southern Wyoming. And as I said, it's a beautiful, beautiful fall day. And then also those who are listening live on Radio by Grace uh, many stations throughout the nation, uh, some on the East Coast, uh, down South, uh, welcome. 
Uh, and uh, we invite you to call in 303-690-3000. And then those who are a week delayed, uh, Living Water Radio out of Corpus Christi, Texas, Higher Rock Radio, uh, Meridian, Idaho, Truth FM on the East Coast, and then Hope FM. You are all one week delayed, which simply means that you get to talk to me, and then uh, you will listen to the broadcast a week later on your radio network. I do want to just say to those of you on Hope FM uh, that I am now on Hope FM at 8 o'clock, and so uh, under the Fig Tree Radio program, I pray it's a blessing to you. And uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time, of course, as you're in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland. Uh, so be sure to check it out. And uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. We're actually in the book of Daniel right now, 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, in the evening, uh, just about uh, an hour after Calvary Live. Uh, stay tuned to Hope FM. And I'm just very grateful for uh, Bill Lukerman and those at Hope FM that has allowed us to be uh, on the radio. And just pray again that that is a tremendous blessing. And and that Daniel study is going to be uh, just very, very uh, interesting for you, especially in the days in which we are in. I think you're really going to be blessed. So uh, Hope FM, uh, Under the Fig Tree radio program with Pastor Jeff Figs. I'm here on Grace FM uh, during the day at uh, 8.30 and 3.30 in the afternoon, right before we go on Calvary Live. So, so blessed to be able to be a part of a radio ministry and what God is doing through the airwaves. I always want to encourage you, support your local radio station uh, that you're listening to. If you're listening to Hope FM, support them. Uh, Truth FM or Higher Rock Radio, uh, Living Water Radio, Grace FM, uh, it's so important that we have Christian radio, good Bible teaching uh, that is going over the airwaves. And these are church-run radio ministries, and uh, they're not big corporations, uh, but they are church-run, and so support them. And uh, be praying for those who are working on staff and all the technology and everything, and then those who are teaching as well, because the attacks do come. And the enemy, who's the prince of the power of the air, doesn't like it. Uh, but what a privilege and an opportunity to spread the gospel and the truth of God's word. We got open lines, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Also, if you're listening online um, to the Grace FM app or on the website, uh, you can call anywhere in the country that number. So grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. In the meantime, we're going to go to Denver, where Jan's on line one. Hi, Jan. Hi. How are you? How are you, Pastor? I'm good. How are you today? I'm thankful. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. I was just um, wondering if you could break down for me the 144,000 in Revelations. I really just don't understand it. Yeah, and and a lot of people don't, or some people misinterpret. I'll tell you what it's not. Uh, There are those uh, of the Jehovah Witnesses that believe that it's speaking of them. It is not speaking of them. These are, and and it's very clear, the 144,000, who they are. It's during the tribulation period, that final seven-year period, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. It begins with the rise of the Antichrist in chapter 6, and it goes through chapter 19. And the book of Revelation uh, begins to tell us about these 144,000 that are going to be in the tribulation period. 
So there are those who come along and say, well, we're part of 144,000 now. No, the Bible is very clear that they will be raised up in the tribulation period. We know that they are going to be uh, Jewish men um, that become believers, and it is 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's 144,000, and they are going to be evangelists. So as we read about them in chapter 7, it says after they're listed— that after these things, John writes, that I look and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. So it's speaking of the tribulation saints. I believe as we look at the prophetic scenario, that what's going to happen is the church is going to be raptured before this tribulation period, uh, Daniel's 70th week. During that time, 144,000 Jewish believers um, are going to uh, be raised up, and they're going to be evangelists. And they're going to begin to evangelize the whole world to where a great number of people come to the Lord from every tribe, tongue, peoples, and nation— um, and they're going to come to salvation. That is called the Tribulation Saints. So these 144,000 um, named here are evangelists uh, that will be uh, given the gospel in the Tribulation period. They're also mentioned in Revelation chapter 14, I believe. And in chapter 14, it says that these are ones who are not defiled with women. They are virgins. They are ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And these were redeemed among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. We also know that the book of Revelation speaks about how they are sealed, and when these um, demonic scorpions come out of the abyss, uh, the 144,000 will not be hurt from them. So there's a, a, a quite a bit of a little bit of information given to them. Um, and, you know, I've had people even after church say, well, I'm part of the. 144,000, and we can say from Scripture, no, you're not. You're not part of 144,000. You know, um, these are Jewish men uh, that are believers. They follow the Lamb. Uh, they have purity in their life, and uh, they they are not given to marriage. They are virgins. And so there's uh, specific information given to us about the 144,000. But can you imagine, you know, Jan, 144,000 Billy Grahams? You know, going throughout the world, wow. or 144,000 gray glories, wow. and that's what's really kind of being spoken of here. These evangelists, to where many people, there's, there's the world's going to be, uh, um, of course, a, a lot of people are going to follow after the Antichrist, who will stand up in the middle of the tribulation period and go into, as Paul writes, Second Thessalonians chapter two, into the rebuilt temple to proclaim himself as God. He's going to. He's going to command the world to follow him, to worship him. And we know that he will persecute the Christians, the tribulation saints, very heavily during that time. But many people are going to come to the Lord during the tribulation period, but it's going to be very difficult for them. Right, right. Okay? Okay. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I mean, when I read it, um, I thought, wow. Hundred and forty four thousand, I don't know, Jan, you might not make it. No, so. you, let, let yeah. me ask you. I want I want you to be assured before you get off the air with me. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins 
and rose again from the grave. Have you asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Yes. Okay, then you're not going to miss out. Then you're born again. You're a part of the family of God. And here's the thing that you can be comforted of is that you have the blessed hope that is before you. That is, the church, we as Christians in the church, are not going to go through the tribulation period. So whether the Lord takes you home when our lives end, or whether um, you know the rapture of the church happens, which I believe could happen at any time, there's no signs that need to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church. Right. We, we do not know the hour or the day of the rapture, but uh-huh. we are to be watching, but you belong to the Lord. And he's going to see you through, and he's going to take you home to be with him. So you could, I want you to be assured of that as you call here today. Thank okay. you. You bet, Jan. Thank God you, bless you. God bless you. You bet. Absolutely. Bye. You have faith in Jesus Christ. You have the promise of heaven. And, um, you, you know, the, the there are those, there's like Jehovah Witnesses and others that, you know, claim to be at 144,000. Don't buy into the lie um, that uh, we know that it's a specific group of men that will be in the tribulation period. 303-690-3000 is the um, call-in number. So we, I believe, have some open lines, or at least when somebody hangs up, uh, we are able to um, have you call, and, and we'll get to the callers here in just a second but just love for you to be able to call in and ask your questions and uh, give your prayer requests as well. Here, as well, We are here to pray with you and to bless you in that way. In the meantime, in Marlton, New Jersey, we're going to go to Pam. Hi, Pam. Hey, how you doing? I, thank good. you so much for this ministry. It's, it's wonderful. You bet. We're, it's a privilege to be here. So, okay, okay go I ahead. I have a question. Uh, my question is, um, I am a born-again believer, and um, my sister is, I'm a born-again believer and baptized. And my sister, like you, you were just saying about the Jehovah's Witnesses, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and you're right. They do say that they're at 144,000. But uh. just to get to my question, um, I was baptized um, after I was born again, and I believe baptism is... Um, a commitment to God to follow him and that, you know, you it's like a um, marriage. But um, there's a verse in the Bible that's messing me up with my sister because she says that she's kind of thinks she's saved, but she doesn't get the Holy Spirit until she gets baptized. And there's a verse in the Bible where it says, you must be born again, spirit and water. And I'm really hooked up on that water because I know the thief on the cross, he didn't get down and, you know, get it right and get baptized. Right. So where's the water? When you got speared on the cross or whatever? <laughs> I don't know what the water is. Well, I believe you're making reference to John chapter 3, um, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And to kind of back up and uh, and um, just because there's a lot of thought that you're giving into this, that you have somebody you know that says that you aren't really saved unless you're baptized or have the Holy Spirit. Um the, the two are connected, salvation and the Holy Spirit. We do know that when a believer comes to Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes into them. There, there's regeneration that happens. And matter of fact, in uh, Romans chapter 8, it says that, but if you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, 
if anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. In other words, we're not saved unless we have the the Spirit of God. Paul wrote that after a lengthy explanation of justification, that we're justified by faith alone. We aren't justified by works, and that includes baptism. So he says that, as he's talking about walking in the Spirit, that we aren't Christ unless we have the Spirit of God that is in us. So the Spirit of God is in us as believers, Christ in you. The hope of glory is what Paul would write to the Colossian church, the mystery. So the Holy Spirit is in us, and um, it isn't because we get baptized. Baptism, you can look at uh, Romans chapter 6, is identifying in this newness of life. Uh, Paul writes, should we continue in sin that, that uh, continue in grace that sins abound? He said, no, we don't experience or have the grace of God so we can continue to sin. Um, we're free from that. We're free from sin is the point that he makes. We're free to live for Christ, but we identify with Christ in this newness of life. And it's a picture in baptism. When we go under the water, the old man, the old woman is buried. Uh, Our sins have been put away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Coming out of the water, we come out as, uh, you know, a a new person in Christ, a new creation in Christ, uh, live in this newness of life. So there's symbolism that is there. And baptism uh, is not required for salvation. And always remember this, that there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to be saved. It is a free gift. And you really see that when you go through the book of Romans. Like in Romans chapter 5, it's reiterated over and over again, the free gift of justification, the free gift of justification. Jesus paid it all on the cross. He cried out, it is finished. And as you said, he said to the thief, you'll be with me in paradise. So we're not saved by baptism. And the Holy Spirit comes into us. And in John chapter 5, getting back kind of to that verse that you're wondering about, uh, how do you uh, explain that? Here is uh, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, the master teacher of Israel. And in that, Nicodemus, Jesus said that you must be born again. You can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. And Nicodemus is really struggling with this. He's saying, how can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter his mother's womb a second time? And then Jesus answered in verse 5 and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water in the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So there are those who have said you have to be baptized to enter the kingdom of God. And that's not what Jesus is saying. Um, it's, uh, it's, he's probably talking about, or very well could be talking about, that here Nicodemus is thinking physical, Jesus is speaking spiritual. Nicodemus is going, how can I be born again? Can I enter my mother's womb a second time? And, and Jesus said, you know, Nicodemus, you're the master teacher of Israel. Um, don't you know that uh, you must be born again? And don't you know that um, that unless one is born of water spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He's saying you've got to be born spiritually. So some have thought the um, born of water um, is just speaking of the physical, um, you know, perhaps birth um, uh, that some have suggested. Some have thought the born of water means to, to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit, the living water of John chapter 7. 
Um, some have thought born of the water means to be born again by the word of God, as there's passages that say we're washed by the water of the word. Um, but it, it's speaking of, um, you know, uh, not of baptism, but it's speaking of that we're born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again and come to Jesus Christ. And so I, it's not talking about water baptism. Right. Okay. Like the water always got me. I already know this. I mean, I've been saved for a while. But I, for some reason, when I was reading the Bible, it just popped out on me. And I'm like, and then my sister said she wants to get baptized because she doesn't experience the peace of God and she needs to get baptized. And I, she always thinks it's works. The Jehovah's Witnesses were horrible. Yeah. Uh, it's just, they just really, really, everything's works and they set dates and you think you're going to die the next day. It was horrible. Well, right. And, you know, the, the get, being baptized isn't important for the believer. I mean, not in the Jehovah Witnesses. That's that's a cult. Uh, but when it comes to a Christian, that I think it is important for us to be baptized, not for salvation, but to declare that we are saved. And it's a proclamation that I belong to him, and it just does something to our faith. It, it's a public declaration that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And that I am one that um, is a believer in Christ, and and um, and I walk in this newness of life, and so it does a lot for your faith. And then also, you might want to look at the work of the Holy Spirit um, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit as you go through it. That the Holy Spirit is is with everyone to convict them of sin, but as believers, the Holy Spirit is in us. And then in Acts chapter one, the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit coming upon us to empower us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, the empowering or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I know that for, for some it said, I just I know I'm saved, the Holy Spirit's in me, but I just feel dry. I just feel kind of weak. We need the empowering of the Holy Spirit, the doodlemos of the Holy Spirit that come upon us. So again, there can be bad teaching out there that says, well, you have to earn that. Um, Jesus said that if a child asks um, his father for bread, uh, he's not going to get a stone. Or, you know, uh, how much more your heavenly father, who is good, is going to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And it's just simply saying, Lord, I need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I need the empowering of the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, so I can live for you, I can be your witness uh, in my life and empower me to live that way and to be that witness in the words that I speak and also in the way that I live. And that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just, I encourage people, don't be afraid of it. It doesn't mean that you're going to get the Holy Ghost goosebumps or, you know, uh, all of a sudden weird things are going to happen. You just receive it by faith and then... For me, it's like, Lord, I need to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time thing, and then the filling of the Holy Spirit, even as Jesus said in John chapter 7, that come to me and drink, and um, and out of your innermost will flow torrents of living water, speaking of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has an important ministry in our lives in empowering us and guiding us and teaching us. And um, and we need to be uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, okay. Can I have prayer for Karen? Her name's Karen, and she's, 
she thinks she saved really strong sometimes, and then she goes back on her works. And I keep telling her, honey, it's not your works. Yeah. You just got to stay in the vine. And when you don't stay in the vine, we're going to be our own gods. You said her name's Carrie? Her name's Karen. Karen. Father, we do pray for Karen. We lift her up. We just pray that you would, um, Lord, just help her to be established in the truth of the gospel, that um, we are saved um, by grace through faith. Um, It is not of ourselves. It's not of works. And, Lord, we know that we are justified freely uh, by the redemption of Jesus Christ, that there is no one who is justified by the works of the law. And, Lord, I just pray that even as Paul would write to the Colossian church, that just as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Just as we received him by faith, we continue in that faith. And, Lord, to live in that newness of life, to allow you to just work. And I just pray for Karen that you would just do that work. She would come to the assurance that um, that it's faith alone, it's Christ alone, um, and, and it's grace alone. And that she would be established in knowing that as she comes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, forgiven of sin, that she is saved and justified. But Lord, also to encourage her in that newness of life to, to move forward in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, in the, in the being refreshed by the Holy Spirit, the living waters that Jesus has for us. And Lord, I just pray that work on her. And I pray that you would give uh, Lord Pam, just uh, opportunity to minister these truths to her and be, continue to be an encouragement to her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Have a you pleasant bet. day. Well, it's a night now. It's night here. <laughs> yeah, your evening there. It's probably dark there. So, so it's getting it, dark now, yeah. All right, Pam. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Hey, I do want to remind you that this weekend is uh, you get ready for church. It's the longest weekend of the year. You do get that extra hour of sleep, and so we set our clocks back one hour. So enjoy your extra hour of sleep. And uh, and uh, just a quick reminder, most uh, people have their phones and that automatically set and all of that. Uh, but there's a few of us like me that, uh, you know, have a, a clock that I have, uh, and I have to set it, and so remember to do that uh, this weekend, the longest weekend of the year. As we go back to standard time, and uh, it's that time of year to do that. So 303-690-3000 is the um, call-in number. We've got an open line. Text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to the phone lines, but uh, we're getting ready to go to break, so I just want to put it on hold for a minute. So uh, those of you holding, if we can just hold for the break, we'll be right back. We'll go back to the phone lines. Uh, But I do just want to encourage you um, that um, as we enter into this season, uh, it's, it's a great time for you to minister to others and to encourage others and to invite them to church, to the special services of Thanksgiving and Christmas. What we are doing here at Calvary Greeley is I am going to start an eight-week series called Behold, the Days Are Coming. So if you're in the Greeley area, uh, we're going to this week look at Israel in the last days, and then next week the Rapture of the Church eight-week series on uh, end-time prophecy, because a lot of people are wondering, a lot of people are 
confused. Uh, some people uh, are saying we just we don't know. So we want to go through uh, what the scripture has to say about the last days. And uh, so we are going to do that. And we are going to um, to go through Israel in the last days. Israel plays an important role in end time prophecy. The rapture of the church. A lot of churches don't talk about it, but it's the blessed hope before us. Ezekiel 38 uh, for two weeks. Uh, the Antichrist, the tribulation period, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the millennium reign. And so you don't want to miss it. CalvaryChapelGreeley.org, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. And we're going to be tremendously blessed by looking at the scriptures. Hey, we're going to be right back. We do have one open line, 303-690-3000. Grab it. We'll be on the other side in just a minute or two. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs the Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this beautiful fall November day, the second day of November as we've entered into the month of Thanksgiving. And so um, I just want to remind you how important it is for us as Christians to be thankful. Um, and even though we go through difficulties and hardships and tribulations and trials, we always have a reason to be thankful, and that is we have the Lord. And uh, we belong to him, and we have a blessed, you know, living hope that is before us, and we can be thankful for that. His promises are true, and uh, we can be thankful in everything. That is, we have the Lord uh, that is with us, and promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. So I want to encourage you, and um, give me a call. we got an open line, 303-690-3000, if you need prayer, if you got a question. Alex has been waiting in um in windsor new windsor illinois alex hello how are you thank you for holding yeah no problem (laughs) yeah go ahead my question for you today was um so i'm i'm 18 years old ever since i was 13 14 years old i have been god has put it on my heart to be a family man and I have been reading Ephesians and trying to study on how to be a good father and good husband and all that. And I was just curious on your opinion on how to find uh, good Christian women. Well, you know, I think that it's not a matter of finding a good Christian um, woman as much as waiting on a good Christian woman. Um, You're going to, uh, you know, uh, go to church, be in fellowship at church, be in prayer, but trust the Lord that he he can bring you somebody. Um, I I think that's, you know, I I know the term, uh, finding somebody, but... Uh, I want to encourage you, you're 18 years old, you're young, uh, and keep growing in the Scriptures, keep growing in the Word of God, keep growing as a young man of God, um, and as you do, just trust in the Lord that 
uh, as he's put on your heart to get married. And there's nothing wrong uh, having that desire to be married. Uh, a lot of people do. And trusting that he'll bring the right person at the right time. And so it's not a matter of finding a you know Christian woman. It's allowing the Lord to bring you somebody that you can grow um, in a relationship with, in a godly relationship. And in the meantime, you continue to grow. You continue to mature because you're going to be called to lead in that that relationship, uh, lead in purity, to lead um, spiritually, uh, to provide, and all those things that you're learning about right now. So continue to do that. Like I said, you're 18 years old. You're young. It doesn't mean you can't be married now, but don't get in a big rush. There is a big difference between, you know, miss right and miss right now. And so you want to be in prayer. You want to be, you know, seeking the Lord. You want to allow the Lord to just bring that person. Um, I was, you know, reading in the book of Genesis. I was reading how um, Isaac received Rebecca, and Isaac was reading the the word, and he lifted his eyes, and there was Rebecca that was brought to him. And you do the same thing. You keep in the scriptures. You keep in prayer. And just allow the Lord to work. Don't try to force something. Don't try to make something happen. Um, you just wait on the Lord, and he'll give you a peace that rules in your heart, and he'll bring you the right person at the right time. Okay? All right. Thank you. Can I pray for you? Yes. Lord, yes, I, just, I would appreciate that. I just pray for this young man, that Alex, as he has it on his heart. He wants to be married. He wants to be a family man. That as he continues to grow in the Word of God, that you would mature him, grow him in the role that uh, that you give given to him as a man of God. But Lord, also, um, as he desires to be married, what it means to be a godly husband, uh, a father, to to, um, to be the head of his house, to love, to cherish, to serve. And so, Lord, I pray that also that he would wait on you and trust in you. Um, he can trust in you that you'll bring the right person at the right time. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would um, just guide him and direct him in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Alex. God bless you. Good to hear from you guys yeah. from Illinois. Uh huh. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you it. God bless you, man. Thank you. You bet. You young people, don't get in a big hurry. Just, just you know, trust the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait for that godly person to come into your life. Uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Um, but it's it's the most important decision next to the Lord that you will ever make is marriage is more important than where you're going to live or what job you take or what house you buy because you're making the decision for the next 40, 50, 60 years of you live a normal life. And uh, so you want to make sure that you're seeking the Lord, that the Lord's guiding you, and for the Lord to bring you somebody. And he can do that. Um, He wants to do that and trusting him and just resting in all that. And I know that one of the hard things about being single is just uh, waiting on the Lord in that area and the loneliness that can come. But don't don't get ahead of the Lord. Just make sure that you're seeking him and being in prayer. So just a little advice from old Pastor Jeff that I want to give to the young people. Let's go to Kelsey in Johnstown. Hi, Kelsey. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks for holding. I know you're holding a little bit. Oh, not a problem at all. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Go ahead. Um, so I was talking to my grandma earlier. We got into a pretty good conversation. Um, and so there's two spectrums. I know, like, 
for those of us who have accepted Jesus as um, our Savior, we, when we go to heaven, I know we're going to be judged in the sense of, like, what rewards we get through heaven. Um, not necessarily salvation, but, like, the rewards that we have um, mm-hmm. from our life um, and everything we did. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum who, when they died and they've rejected God their whole life and just completely been against him and don't want anything to do with him, they then, they go to hell because that's the one um, sin that is unforgivable. And then we were talking about the people kind of like basically in the middle of that group. Like, um, Like she was talking about like Jewish people who, they believe in God, but they're doing it on a works basis. Um, and then there's people who might have heard about God, but they don't really reject him. They just don't know anything about him. Um, and But they, you know, they live yeah. good lives. They're good as citizens. Like, um, well, and I was like, important. I think that's, yeah, that was my question. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of, you're thinking in a way a lot of people think, Kelsey, but there's no middle. There's no in the middle. That's the thing. Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. You're either a believer or you're not a believer. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. Um, There's no in-between. There's no good people. Good people go to hell. Jesus didn't come to die for good people. He came to save sinners. So you're right in, you're correct in, that as believers we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema reward seat of Christ, as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, to be judged not for our sins, that judgment was taken on the cross at Calvary, but to be judged for our works, what we have done in the body, whether good or bad. So there's rewards to be given. The New Testament speaks of rewards, crowns that are going to be given for what we have done for Christ, our works likened into gold, silver, precious metals, or wood, hay, and stubble that will burn up. So that's at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. Jesus talked about you know, the, the investment of the minas and the talents and, and hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So it doesn't have to do with our salvation. It has to do with rewards. The unbelievers will stand in another judgment seat called the white uh, throne judgment. They will be judged for their works apart from Jesus Christ, and they will be cast in the outer darkness. So as Hebrew says, that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment— Either you're going to be um, before the Lord um, as you're at the great white, uh, the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to receive rewards for what we have done. But I, I do want people to understand we cannot earn salvation. It's a free gift. There's nothing that we can do the merit uh, to, to, to earn salvation. We're justified freely by uh, his grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. But with that said, there's rewards. There is, you know, you spoke about Jewish people that, um, you know, that believe in God, but uh, they don't believe in Christ. It's very important to understand there's not a a dual covenant in that. There are some who believe that since the Jewish people are God's chosen people, that they are saved. There's a a dual uh, covenant in that. Apart from Jesus Christ, they are not saved. And we can say that with confidence because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very simple statement to understand. The other thing, too, is uh, Paul, he was brokenhearted. 
and he would say that um, for uh, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God for Israel is that they might be saved. He he's in that section of Romans of chapters nine, ten, and eleven. He says, "My heart desires that they would be saved, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are seeking to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted to the righteousness of God." So there is no dual covenant in that 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 um, that Jews are saved. There, there has been blindness that has come to Israel in part. There have been Jews that have come to Jesus Christ, but it's only through Jesus Christ we're saved. And then there will be a national restoration of Israel as they will recognize that through Mashiach, Jesus is their Messiah. But there, there's no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's no, you were kind of a good person, so you get a second chance. Uh, there's none of that. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. And that's what we need to have people understand. Um, and um, that's why there's an urgency to give the gospel. Jesus alone saves. The cross saves. Uh, faith alone saves. Um, and it isn't by works at all. And so uh, hopefully that answers your question, What the discussion that you guys were having. Yes, that yeah, that does. That um, helps a lot because that's that's what I thought it was. Um, and then she had brought up that other point, and I was like, I honestly, I think it's it's black or white. But I was like, I'm gonna find out for sure because I don't want to speak, you know, incorrectly. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, and that helps answer that. And you know, those scriptures, you know, you want to point out um, what Jesus said: uh, "No one comes to the Father except through me." You know. Um, to know me is to know the Father. So those are scriptures we can point out. But, you know, there's a lot of thinking of people um, that maybe who consider themselves to be religious. Religion never saved anybody. And they are are sincere. They're, they're um, you know, um, nice people, all this stuff. We even say they're good people. And I remember talking to my dad, and one of the things that really kind of um, set the seed for him, he didn't come to salvation until he was an elderly man. Um, but I remember telling my dad, Dad, you're a good man, but you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And that's why Jesus came to die for you on Calvary's cross. It's because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. And when we present the gospel very clearly, as Paul does in the book of Romans, that we're all sinners. We've all been sentenced to death. Death and sin has come to all of us. And that's why Jesus came. And when Jesus was in the garden, here's another thing, Kelsey, and then I'll let you go. That Jesus, remember he's in the garden, he's praying, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, Mm -hmm. not my will, but your will be done. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What cup? The cup of suffering and death. What Jesus was saying in in that, this is very important, that if it is possible for a man or a woman to be saved apart from faith in me, me, going to the cross, rising from the grave, if it is possible, if they're a good person, or through the law, or being religious, or whatever it might be, then I don't need to go to the cross. This cup can pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then he would say, I will take on the cup of suffering death that the Father has given to me. 
there's only was one way that we could have salvation, and that is Jesus going to the cross. So we want to make sure that people understand that because we are all guilty, every single one of us, and Jesus came to give us life. Amen? Amen. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Good question thank you're asking. You. Because a lot of people are thinking in that way and wondering the same thing, and so I'm glad we're able to talk about it. Yes, that helps. Thank you so much. You are welcome so much. Appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. There's one gospel, folks. There's there's not two gospels. And uh, one gospel, that is faith alone, Christ alone, grace alone in Jesus Christ, our faith and trust in him. Um, so we got open lines. So grab one of those open lines, 303 690 is the calling number. Jeff Figs at Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Thursday. And text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Emma in Texas. Hi, Emma. Emma, are you there? Emma was asking a little bit. She dropped. But anyway, Emma, I, I want to be able to, I wish we can have the conversation you're asking about um, uh, immorality and and um, relations before marriage is wrong. Does it mean that those who do it will go to hell? Um, here's the thing, Emma. It's not an unforgivable sin. God desires for us to have purity. He desires for us to to you know the sexual relationship is is reserved for the marriage relationship, and you know. Um, you know, having that uh, sexual immorality before marriage is a sin. It's not an unforgivable sin. Um, There is forgiveness for that. But also to know this, that the Lord desires for there to be repentance and turn away from it. He wants the very best for you. And I think that's a message for a lot of people because uh, we're living in a day and age where um, even in in some circles of the church— it's kind of avoided, and Christians that are living together, they're not married, um, involved in, you know, uh, you know, in um, immorality, um, adultery, fornication, any of those things, the Bible is very clear that the sexual relationship is for the marriage relationship, and anything outside the marriage relationship is sin, and there is to be repentance, and there is to be purity in our lives. God wants the very best for us. First John chapter 5 says that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And he doesn't give us those commandments to be burdensome to us. He gives us those commandments because he loves us. And every commandment given to us, every expression of, of um, you know, every principle, every um, precept that's given to us is an expression of his love. It's not the... So your life is boring or um, any of those kinds of things or, you know, just um, he wants you to be free, to free to live for him. He wants you to live the best way, the highway of holiness and to um, be free from sin because sin will just put you in bondage and sin will do you in and wipe you out. So just Emma, turn to the Lord, find forgiveness and live a life for him. I'm sorry we weren't able to to call, but feel free to call at any time so we can pray for you. Let's go to Ben in Pennsylvania. 
Hi, Ben. Hey. Hello. How, hey, are, you? how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm fine. Good. Go ahead. So, okay, so I just had a question about um, basically um, Christians who curse. Um, I'm definitely against it, but I, I try to. I'm just going to share my opinion and what I've what I kind of think about the situation. I think like cursing is from the world, and I mean. They're saying, like, I don't think it's necessarily a sin to curse, but if you're following after the footsteps of the world, you wouldn't be cursing. So I'm just wondering what your opinion in it is and if you'd be able to, like, help me out with that a little yeah. bit more. Well, the Bible talks a lot about our speech. You know, Paul told Timothy that you be an example in faith, in love, in speech, in behavior. Uh, what our words, what we say does matter. Um, James talks about the tongue, how the tongue is... Um, you know, like poison. So Proverbs talks a lot about speech, how we speak, speaking as a fool fool, or, um, you know, or speaking wisely. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So as a Christian, our speech, we're not to speak corruptly, we're not to be speaking blasphemous things, uh, cursing. That's not to be a part of a Christian. And that's pretty clear in Scripture. Um, and what comes out of your mouth shows the abundance of the heart, is what Jesus said. So we're to not speak corrupt words, but what is good for necessary edification. You know what that word means. It means to, to build up uh, is what edification means. Um, it, it means to... Um, you know, to to lift somebody up. And our words are very important, and not just in cursing. I, I think there's no reason for a Christian to curse. Uh, a lot of people I've heard have testimonies, even myself. Before I was uh, a Christian, uh, I would curse, say curse words, no problem about it. But when I got saved, I just couldn't do it. Uh, my language changed. Um, and that's to be put aside uh, but, um, you know, even, um, you know, there was a time where a few years ago, there's one popular p- pastor. He was known as the cussing pastor. And it just grieved my heart. And it, it wasn't like he was cussing constantly, but he would use, you know, a few cuss words to kind of get the attention of the young people. I don't think we need to do that. The Bible is very clear. Let no corrupt words uh, proceed out of your mouth. And we wanted to speak to give grace to the hearers. We're to have our speech seasoned with salt, with grace, is what the Scripture says. So cursing should not be a part of the vocabulary of a Christian. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely 100, I'm 1,000% with you on that, and I, I completely understand. I just, again, I have, I know people, and not, like, maybe someone's listening, but, like, Again, this is not for me. This is for other people, like other Christians. I don't know, and I know just a basic thing for Christians. Like, what if I understand everything what you said is true? But like, what if they use they use that language not like hurtfully? Like they're not like cussing someone. Well, sometimes out or it's, sometimes like, it's it's such a habit. It's such a habit and stuff and. You know, just, um, you know, these words come out. And so we can, what we can do is remind them of this verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. 
hey, hey, brother, hey, sister, no corrupt word is to proceed out of your mouth. You know, we're to speak differently because our words do matter as we speak to others. I've had too many people, I've been in ministry 32 years, and I've had too many people that I've talked to that said, you know, um, I, I, I um, you know, work or, or have family. They say they're a Christian, and what comes out of their mouths is unbelievable. And it, it hurts the witness, and it hurts the witness for Christ. And, and it, it can go further than just words spoken. It could be on social media. The, the things that some Christians put on social media, the tearing down of people, um, the negative um you know, comments and, and just hurtful comments, you, you know. Um, so it is very important, the words that we speak. It does not mean we can't bring correction or rebuke to somebody, but we do it with the right motive. We speak the truth in love, and we do it because we want what's best for people, but we don't have to use corrupt words to do that. And we can say, hey, brother, sister, listen, you're not to speak that way. And um, and God doesn't want you, and you give them, the, you know, the verses out of the Scripture. Uh, God has a lot to say about the words that we speak, and um, and speak in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Because remember, the Lord hears it too. And um, so just to give those reminders to those, and, um, you know, just pray that their speech will change. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I also, I also like to think, like, if Jesus was— if Jesus back then or now, like if Jesus was on earth, on land, then would he be using that language? And no, it's hard wouldn't. to imagine. But yeah, exactly. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, I love you. God bless you. And thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Ben. God bless you. The words that I speak are spirit and truth. Let's go to Teresa before we end the show here. Teresa? Hi. Hi. We've got a couple minutes. Hi. I was wondering, I've been thinking a lot lately about the firmament mm-hmm. and about is the sun and the moon and the stars inside the firmament? Are they outside of the firmament? Well, I believe you're talking about Genesis chapter 1. There was a firmament around the earth, and yes. that, that was a water canopy around the earth, and God used that in the flood. The, the firmament kind of protected the earth, so the stars and the moons were outside of the firmament. And when the Bible speaks of the heaven, it speaks of the sky as, you know, the heaven sometimes in its language— the stars and the moon, the heavens declare your glory, O Lord, is what David would write in the Psalms. And then heaven where the throne of God is. But the firmament was that water canopy around the earth, uh, kind of, it was like tropical all around the earth. And even fossil um, findings have, uh, have, have, you know, supported that. They found fossils uh, of mammoth in the Arctic Circle eating vegetation, uh, tropical plants in the Antarctica in the Sahara Desert. So it was very tropical. And then and when the flood happened, the firmament would be released and it rained. It rained for 40 days and then the waters came out from under the earth and there's no longer a firmament. But that firmament enabled people also to live to be six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years old back in those days. So um, that's what the water canopy was. Um, and uh, it it was nice that th- it was there, <laughs> you know, for tropical uh, kind of, right. you know, there was no seasons like we have here. 
but I don't yeah. think I want want to live to be six, seven, eight hundred years old. Not on this earth. <laughs> so right. So right. anyhow, so that's the firmament. Okay. 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 Um, could we say a prayer for my daughter, Rena? Rena. Yeah. Father. Yeah, we pray for Rena. You know what her needs are, where she's at. I just pray that you would work in her life the way you desire. Um, I just lift her up to you. There's nothing like, um, I know I think of my own daughters, how um, the love of a parent for them is is there, but we also know you love her even more. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help Teresa to just minister to her, that you would minister to her everything that she needs, the way that you want to work, uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually. We lift her up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You bet, Teresa. Thanks for calling. Thanks, everybody, for calling. Hey, as as I said, we're in the month of November, um, the uh, Thanksgiving. Um, just be seeking the Lord how you can bless others during this time where some people struggle. Don't forget here at Calvary Greeley that we are doing Behold, the Days Are Coming. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about Israel in the last days. And then uh, we'll talk about the Rapture to Church Week 2. Check it out, calvarychapelgreeley.org. The schedule's there, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. And so it's going, to be, it's going to be very informative. We need to be wise in the days in which we're in. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Have a great, great, great day. Remember, set your clocks back one hour this weekend. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.